Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. So the Oilers are winners out of the gate. They have won their last five meetings with the Calgary Flames. Next up, the Canucks on Saturday night. And the Oilers already focusing on that one. They don't spend a lot of time celebrating win number one in the regular season. Not anymore. It's 6.07 Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 6.30. Chet, thank you so much for tuning in. we got a lot to talk about. Tonight, we have the Major League Baseball playoffs going on. Division Series, Yankees and Cleveland are underway, scoreless in the top of the second. This afternoon, Jose Altuve, three home runs for the Astros. They win game one of the best of five against the Boston Red Sox by a score of 8-2. We'll keep an eye on Thursday night football. Uh, The struggling New England Patriots, at least by their standards, they're only 2-2, two and two, taking on Tampa Bay. That one starts in a few minutes. We'll keep you posted on that one. And eight games in the National Hockey League tonight. Pittsburgh is playing again after losing in overtime last night. They start in Chicago at the bottom of the hour. Already on the ice, scoreless early between the Wild and the Wings as Detroit opens Little Caesars Arena for the regular season. Capitals and Senators no score in the first period. After one, the Avalanche and the Red Wings are tied 2-2. Matt Duchesne. Still with the Colorado Avalanche, has a goal there. Sabres and Canadians 1-1 after one. Predators and Bruins 1-1 after one. David Pasternak, a power play goal for the Bruins in that one. All right, you can text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. A lot to talk about in the wake of the impressive Oilers victory last night. Kicks it back, left wing slapper, clap bomb, missed. Rebound, Maroon in front, wrist shot score! McDavid with a game's first goal. It's one nothing Edmonton. Everyone was making a big deal about their defense, but uh, how about our defense tonight? They were great. Um, you know, moving pucks up, giving it uh, giving it up to the forwards. Breaking away is Connor McDavid barreling down the right-hand side to the net. Rick shot score! High glove on Mike Smith and Connor McDavid has scored both Edmonton goals tonight. That one a beautiful end-to-end rush. You know, I got a little bit lucky with the, the puck kind of turning over um, quickly and, and I was in stride, so just tried to get to the net as fast as I could. Uh, I knew they had a few guys back, but uh, just tried to get to the net. From a tough angle, right circle. I thought there might have been a hold there, and then a big hit by Lucci. Try to settle back door. McDavid for the hat trick. Scores! Lock it up! Opening night in the books. Edmonton 3, Cal. 
Calgary nothing and hats all over the ice here at Rogers Place. It's a hat trick for Connor McDavid, his second career. The sky's the limit for him. I mean, uh, I don't think we can expect a hat trick every night, but I mean, if he can come out and, and give us that kind of effort night in and night out and the rest of the guys can follow that that leadership, then I think we'll be in, in a pretty good business this year. Talbot had seven shutouts a year ago. He's going to begin the new season with a bagel in the Battle of Alberta. Round one to Edmonton, 3 nothing. Connor McDavid, hat trick. Cam Talbot, shutout. Oilers win. Jack Michaels, the call last night on 6.30, Chet, and the Oilers Radio Network as we look at your Oilers report for Nisku Ford. Every model on sale every day, Nisku Ford above expectations. So the Oilers get the win, a very impressive, a very complete outing. Well, I, I know the uh, I know the slight naysaying that's well only McDavid scored. Okay, you're right. Only McDavid scored. They had chances. They generated chances. Uh, McDavid's going to score. He's going to get his points. I think other guys are going to score along the way. McDavid obviously extremely impressive. Already was playing at a high level. Worked on his game in the off season. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. His summer is his time. We provide him with any of the tools that he needs, video, um, um, you know, our time, our thoughts. But most of it's done on his own. He, uh, he's a self-motivator. He studies the game. <clears throat> he works with, uh, you know, some skills coaches. I think they have a real good program in Toronto. And um, I, that, that's what's unique about these players. I, I think of Pavel Datsuk and Connor and Joe Pavelski and, and some of those guys, they, they study situations, they study um, uh, what might happen or occur in the game, they go out and practice it and lo and behold they're, they're executing. So um, a lot of it's done on his own. All right, well clearly McDavid is extremely motivated. It, it was funny, a couple things here. So, I don't know, Patrick Bauer's on the other side of the window. I don't know if you were able to watch the game last night or you saw any of the highlights. But So they had McDavid's speed as about 40 kilometers per hour Wow! when he broke in on that uh, for his second goal of the game. So people have probably seen this. Usain Bolt, great sprinter. Mm-hmm. He's around 44, 45 kilometers per hour. So a lot of, there were a lot of comparisons to other animals. The cheetah, 120 kilometers per hour. I, I was Googling fast animals today. <laughs> And once I got more specific with the search <laughs> and put safe search on. If you would have put in fat animals, you might have seen my picture. Oh, come on now. <laughs> the, did you know a peregrine falcon goes 380 kilometers per hour? No, when, clearly when an air, airborne animal, not a land animal. Do you know which animal I was shocked to see on the list? The ostrich. Oh, yeah. No, they're fast. They're fast. Uh, they can get up to 96 kilometers an hour, but gen- generally they're around 70, 75. That's well, pretty impressive. They're, now, they're on ice, I don't know how well an ostrich should skate, though. That's the only thing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, you got them there. Maybe I got my head in the sand about the reality of ostriches, but <laughs> I got a hand to the ostrich, which wins today's Inside Sports Award as the underrated animal of the night. All right. <laughs> That's now a thing. So, it was interesting. I wanted to expand on this because I, I, re- I remember I looked up these stats a couple of years ago, and then, of course, I, I, I still don't have the notes from it. But Hall of Fame writer Eric Duhatsik, now writing for The Athletic, that new uh, outlet that's uh, on the Internet or something like that, 
He said on Oilers Now yesterday with Bob Stoffer that he and he like this is the one of the, and I I've interviewed Eric. I love Eric. He's a, a great writer, longtime guy in the hockey business. And when he first brought this up, I, I thought he was joking or being a little cheeky for the point of being on Edmonton Radio or exaggerating. But he but he wasn't. He was serious. That he has predicted Connor McDavid to win the scoring race. Okay, fair prediction. He has predicted Connor McDavid to win the scoring race with 130 points. As most, as most people will know that, well, we, you, you know, you gotta, you got to give a prediction. So that's his number, 130. He has predicted Connor McDavid to win the scoring race by 40 points over Sidney Crosby. Okay, so he has McDavid at 130 and the next guy at 90. Wow. That's half a point per game better than one of the greats of all time. Sidney Crosby. Now, th- th- we th- that, now he makes a good point. We don't know what McDavid's ceiling is, and, and I think he proved that last night. Could he get two breakaways a game if he starts firing the puck more? We don't know what the we don't know what the limit is, and, and that's what the great players do. They push the limits of what we thought was possible in that era to new levels, right? They they dominate at levels that we didn't think were possible or that we thought would be extremely hard hard to achieve. I don't know if he's going to win the scoring title by 40 points, but but Eric was serious, and I, I will say, once you think about it, and then you see McDavid burst out of the gate last night, I have heard more outrageous things. Yep. I will say this, and th- this is the part of the, the conversation here that I was, I was saying. I looked this up a couple of years ago and wrote some stuff down. In general, in general, great players have their peak offensive season before their 25th birthday or, or, or when they're 25 or younger. So it's not unreasonable to expect in the next four or five years for McDavid to have an astounding offensive season relative to the rest of the league. And, and certainly, I'm going to give a list here, and absolutely, the players I'm going to give on this list continued to be outstanding offensive players throughout their 20s and often into their 30s. In one case, into his 40s. I think you can probably guess who that's going to be. But in terms of just raw point total, they had their peak season in their in their early 20s or or before they were 25. And just for argument's sake, I put down a couple of exceptions, and I just kind of randomly picked good offensive players or number one overall draft picks. Let's start with Wayne Gretzky. Best season, he was 25. Mario Lemieux, best season, he was 23. Gordy Howe. Best season, now with how I had to go by points per game because they played more games in a season as he got older. Best season for Gordy Howe, 24 years old, though he almost eclipsed it in terms of points per game as a 40-year-old, which is pretty incredible. That's but still, impressive. But still, his best one was 24. Bobby Orr, 22. Maurice Richard, 23. In points and in terms of the year, he scored 50 goals in 50 games. Sidney Crosby, 19. Now, that was when the rules changed a little bit, coming out of the lockout, but still. Pavel Burek, 21. Guy Lafleur, 25. A couple guys who were mild exceptions, Vincent LeCavier and Joe Thornton, were both 26 when they had their best offensive years. So, look, I'm not saying that David's going to peak when he's 23 and then we'll never hear from him again <laughs> because I think he's going to be fine throughout most of his career. But in terms of that astounding point season that sets an incredible bar, 
I think we can expect it in the next four to five years based on history and certainly based on what we saw last night. Elvis is on the open line. We'll bring him in when we get back. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. theme song of all time? I think it has to be. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Cleveland up 1-0 on the Yankees after the first inning game. One of that best of five American League Division Series. The other one started with Houston hammering Boston 8-2. Specifically, Jose Altuve hammering Boston. He had three home runs. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We'll get to Elvis on the phone line in a second. You can also text 63630. Uh, this texter says, Hey, Reed, if you get a chance, listen to Yager's interview today and listen to what he says about McDavid. I actually have not heard it, but I have read several of the quotes. And Yager saying, I would not be surprised if someday he scored 100 goals and breaks the record. It is possible. Well, that'd be something. Yager looked, or McDavid looked yesterday like, <laughs> I don't know if he's going to score 100. He's got a chance to score 40. Definitely. He's already off to a good start. And uh, this texter, uh, John, says, Reed, you found all those hockey stats online, and here I thought the internet was just funny cat videos and porn. That's most of it. <laughs> we have Elvis on line one. Hi, Elvis. Reed, uh, great, great to uh, listen to the show again tonight. And I listened last night, and I couldn't help but chuckle. I re- really, really enjoyed it. Uh, anyway, I just want to say, uh, pe- people got to remember this. I watched y- Yager being interviewed today, and he was talking, and he looks tired. And he skated, uh, he skated with just uh, shorts, and he skated with his equipment. And I, I bet you he doesn't get into the lineup for quite a few games. He does not look anywhere near game shape or whatever. And I wonder what the view, because everyone was saying how excited they were to have him in Calgary. And, I mean, he's going he's to do some good there for sure. But I wonder how they're feeling today after last night and watching how McDavid made Hamannick, Brody, and, well, just the whole Oilers, the way they're like a couple times or the way they, they, they hand those guys in for like a couple series back-to-back. Uh, it was just it was unbelievable hockey. I mean, those, those guys look prepped. They look ready, and they look like they're ready to – step to the next level, which is what, what uh, Shirelli and McClellan have been preaching this whole time. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm going to you're going to like this. I think I'll do it after the 6.30 news before I have Drew Remend on. I'm going to play a clip from the summer of 2015 about Todd McClellan and the identity of the hockey team. I, I think you're going to appreciate hearing it. But look, Elvis, we all know what the Oilers went through, the coaching changes, the, the changes. Most of the team is back. Right, most of the team is back. They're they're jumping in. I I, I don't want to just come out and say they're in midseason form because a lot is going to happen between now and the middle of the season. But they're not learning how to play together. Like they will learn, you know, and they'll work on things throughout the season. But they're not jumping into a brand new environment. They know what was successful last year. I I did an interview with Nugent Hopkins today that I'll play later on as well, and. and I said, you know, was that one of the best games since Todd was the coach? He said, well, like, we had games last year. Like, you know, he was kind of saying, we know what we have to do. We have to commit to it, and the the opponent's going to mess things up sometimes. But you're right. I mean, this is a this is now the McClellan, Shirelli, McDavid era of the Oilers. And yeah. the, the pieces are fitting together. Guys know their roles. 
and they they did to the Flames last night what teams used to routinely do to the Oilers when you'd say that they boxed them out, they forced them to take shots from uh, from wide areas. When they did get a chance, the goaltender beat them. I mean, that's what used to happen to the Oilers. Last night, they did it to somebody else. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, people better realize that Mike Smith, uh, I was a little nervous, I think, because Mike Smith has had our number in Arizona for a long time. He's always played well against the team, and he did it again last night. And if that guy wasn't in that last night, the damage could have been a lot more worse than what, what showed up on the scoreboard. And the only other question I'll leave you on this, Reed, that I have is Hamannick. I, I am wondering if the guy maybe has a lingering uh, injury or what's going on. I don't know. He did not he did not look as stellar as he's looked before. And I was one of those guys, as you well know, on your show, I was saying, I hope they try to go out and get someone like Hamannick. But who knows, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I still think the Flames are, are going to be a pretty good team. And they play the Oilers four more times, and, and I think oh, there's sure. going to be tougher nights than that. But, yeah, I mean, the, the, the speed kills, and you have to be able to defend. But, but I mean, teams that can, can ta- attack and be organized and be, like, per- persistent for the Oilers, it puts pressure on any defense. Absolutely. And, I mean, you look at, you, you look at Dreisaitl, uh Big 19, Maroon, and... I mean that's a lethal combination. When those guys are flying, you you are you're in big trouble. You are in big trouble. Keep up the great work, Reed. I'm going to keep listening, my friend. Elvis, thank you so much. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Okay, we have more to get to. Drew Remendis coming up. I'll, I'll play that clip from McClellan from over two years ago. I think it'll be an interesting comparison now to then. Oh, and you'll meet the new Eskimos running back, C.J. Gable. They're going to need him on Monday against the Owls. All coming up on Inside Sports. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Hey, Jake DeBrusque has scored in his first NHL game, giving the Bruins a 2-1 lead over the Predators now in the second period. Also in the second frame, Sabres up 2-1 on the Canadians. Avalanche and Rangers tied 2-2. After the first, it's 1-1 between the Capitals and the Senators. The Wild and the Red Wings are scoreless. Still to come tonight, Penguins and Blackhawks, Coyotes and Ducks, and the Flyers take on the Kings. Cleveland up 1-0 on the Yankees in the third. This afternoon, Houston hammering Boston 8-2. Jose Altuve hit three home runs. Our next Oilers game, Furnace Family Oilers Hockey. Edmonton's Furnace replacement experts call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Saturday, 6.30 face-off show, 8 o'clock for the start of the game. Oilers at Canucks. Couple quick texts here to 6.30, 6.30. Uh, Connor will score 50-plus goals and 150-plus points. Leon will get over 100. Nuge will make 70. Mark that down. That's from Gary at Sylvan Lake. Coach Mike says, I'm pumped for the Oilers' season. The sky's the limit. McDavid is getting 120 points. A level of optimism I have not heard since I was a young lad growing up in Evansburg, which is okay. Before I bring in Drew Remenda, I have a clip here from Todd McClellan about the identity of the Edmonton Oilers. Well, you have um, a vision on how you'd like the team to play. 
um, but the ingredients have to be there. The players have to accept it and, and are, are willing to participate in it. So we will expose them to what we would like to be. We've got to get them to participate in that. And, uh, you know, if, if fast is part of our identity or a speed element is part of our identity, uh, that doesn't mean you have to skate like Taylor Hall to play in our hockey club. Um, Decision-making, anticipation skills, Thomas Holmstrom, Dave Anderchuk, in my mind, were fast players. What they did in and around the blue paint was fast, but they weren't the, the best skaters in the league, uh, but they were effective. They played in a fast system. So we've got to, we've got to relay that, that vision or that identity to the players, and then they have to figure out a way to uh, fit their game in that. Now, if you're asking yourself, why is Reed playing that clip? He must have got confused and played an old clip because he mentioned Taylor Hall in it. I did that on purpose. That's Todd McClellan at development camp July of 2015 asked about the identity of the team. He said fast, hard, and supportive, and then he gave that explanation. And I'm wondering what it's like hearing that now as we bring in Drew Remenda from Sportsnet. Hey, Drew, welcome to the show. Thank you, Reed. So, I, I, wanted, to, I wanted you to hear that because you know yep. Todd from his days in San Jose. And he talked a lot about that first year, about laying the foundation. And then we see last night's game. And uh, you hear that, and, and I think the context of what he wanted to work on and what continues to be achieved, because we're far from the end of the line. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to throw that out, out there for you, because I thought you'd, you might have a reaction. Well, the one of the things that Todd also is very fond of saying is that it can't come, and you heard him talk about the players have to participate, the players have to be involved, they have to want to um, play that way. Um, with Todd, he also likes to talk about it can't be about the man behind the players. It can't be the guy on the bench. It can't be about the coaching staff and what they want. The players have to take ownership of their games, and they have to take ownership of the club, and they have to hold each other accountable. And you saw that certainly develop last year. And part of holding each other accountable is playing to your identity, is making sure the guy beside you is, is doing what he's supposed to do so you can do what you're supposed to do. So when I look at, or, or listen to Todd, I should say, from 2015, it was a good clip, by the way, that you held on to that. When you listen to him talk about that, you certainly do start to see what he was talking about how he had to lay the foundation, as you just said, but also how long it takes to kind of get traction in the National Hockey League when you're starting from where the Oilers had to start from. You know, it's it's interesting, too, and, and I'll, I'll play another clip from Todd from today because uh, Terry Jones asked him about McDavid's leadership, and, and Todd obviously praised it, but he said, there's you know, there, there's one leader. There has to be 19 guys who will follow right. and commit, and, and I think the Oilers... And I referenced this in the last half hour because I said to Nugent Hopkins, you know, Todd wanted you to play fast, hard, and supportive, so you're doing that. And he's like, yeah, but we did it games last year too. Like it wasn't all of a sudden we year three we start to figure it out. But you talk about guys following, and you know, the the buy-in is a common word that uh, that people use. But you get all the guys uh, sort of on that same page. And I always reference Drew. I can't remember if I told you this before, but I got to interview Buck Martinez in the summer of 2015, right? The Blue Jays 
won whatever 22 games in August and he you know he's an ex player and I said what you know confidence winning and he goes well that's the age old question right what comes first the confidence or the winning if you had an answer you know those teams would win all the right. time but I think that's at some point the Oilers started to realize on top of having better players that oh wait a minute if we commit to this style of play it, it, it's going to work out right and you and you've been on the bench too where you're trying to get them to something to click so either the confidence or the winning kicks in. I think it's I, I think it's the winning first. Um, when I was with the San Jose Sharks and when way back a hundred years ago when I was coaching, we went from a team that won eleven games in one year to being a team that made the playoffs the next year. Biggest point improvement from one season to the next. We had fifty. It was a 58, 59 uh, point improvement, standing points improvement. But we started that season 08-1. We brought in a bunch of veteran guys, and it was it was hard because it was new coach, new system, and a very rigid system with a bunch of veterans. And at 08-1, in a brand-new building and basically brand-new team, people were asking questions. And Kevin Constantine was a head coach, and he got quizzed and quizzed and quizzed and quizzed on it. And he said, I'm telling you, we're going to stick with this. It's going to work. Once these guys get it, it's going to be easy. But it's going to be hard to get them to understand that they've got to play this way to be successful. And we're going to have to keep drilling it into them and drilling it into them over and over, and we cannot waver from it. And it worked. That's what Todd has been able to do with his coaching staff and this team. And you, you, you saw it at the end of his first year as a coach, you started to see some improvements and you saw guys and talked to guys who wanted to stick around. Taylor was not happy to leave Edmonton. He saw something that was going to be what it was last year. And certainly Connor changes things. Leon changes things, but it takes everybody in a a hockey. It's not like basketball. We get one or two guys all of a sudden your your fortunes change. So Todd drilled this into the guys and they stayed with it. They were consistent in the way that they wanted to play or wanted his team to play. They were consistent in how they addressed the guys. They were consistent in holding guys accountable. But then the guys started to take over. And last year, you, you with Milan Lucic and Patrick Maroon and Connor playing the full year and all and Chris Russell and Andre Secker and Cam Talbot, that leadership uh, that was a group effort, they started to take over. And when your team takes over and they they are the ones that are demanding for each, from each other, that's when you've got something special. Drew Remenda joining us on Inside Sports tonight. By the way, everybody who's texting, I, I do appreciate it. But I, I, I realize that McDavid is on a 246-goal pace. Uh, that's, that's the most common text of the night. And I know that people are often putting an LOL after it, just in case they thought I, did, I didn't get the joke. It's, it's fun. It's like that one year George Bell hit three homers in his first game for the, yeah. of the season for the Blue Chase, for 490 home runs or, yeah. whatever, or whatever it would work out to be. Uh, all right, so, and, and look... We're, we know this is game one of 82, but I think we're, we're kind of talking about general progression over the last two years plus a game as opposed to thinking the Oilers have it figured out. The challenges are going to come, but the, the, the structure and, the, and the, uh, you, you know, the commitment level was pretty good last night. Rob Brown has said, and I know you'll, you'll listen to Rob sometimes after I the love, games. I think, I think Rob Brown, and I'll, I'll say this right now, I've told you this before, I think Rob Brown is 
if not the best analyst in all of hockey, he is certainly at the top of the list. I well, think he's outstanding. Can't argue with you. And I'm lucky to work with him after every game. And he said, to, he, he always says, look, no disrespect to what the Oilers are trying to do with their roster. But he just said to me, it's simple. I'd have Dreisaitl and McDavid on the same line all the time and then figure it out. I don't know if that's the preference of Shirelli and McClellan, given some of their comments over the summer, but when you see, <laughs> when you see how many chances they, they, they generate, uh, and how eight years as uh, one guy at center, one guy yeah. at right wicker, like, how do you look at that? Well, it, it's when you look at the way the team is and you look at what's going to happen, what, you, what we all think is going to happen, and they're going to challenge for the Western Conference title, and it's going to have to go through Anaheim. It's going to go, have to go through Minnesota, Dallas. It's going to go, have to go through some tough teams. And as we saw in the playoffs, when you take one man away, somebody else, you've got to have, in my opinion, a one-two punch. Now, even when they played together or didn't play together, Leon was able to take over when Connor was being smothered by... Brian Kessler. The general line of thinking across the National Hockey League, and we know we're, we're an we're a imitation league, is you've got to have two strong centers. Uh, Todd McClellan had four, and two of them played the wing for him in San Jose. So you, then you look what you said. They just had generated so many chances, and they were, they were so dominant with the puck, and Leon, you can't get the puck off of him, and Connor, you can't catch him and Patrick Maroon in front that's a damn good line and as the guys on Sportsnet were talking about last night, <laughs> maybe the best line in hockey to start the year off I don't know the answer, Reed. I, I look at Leon and think he can do either, I think you're going to see throughout the year where sometimes he's going to be there sometimes he's not but it's going to also demand that certain people at the forward position up their game and make a statement to Todd saying, hey, I can play right wing on that side. So we can push Leon to the, to the second line and have a one-two punch. Uh, it, it's just going to take some individuals to realize that there's an opportunity for you here. There's a chance for you to play with the most skilled player in the game today. So can you take it and make your team better and make your, your scoring deeper because now you've got Leon centering the next line? And that's the thing for me, Drew, that I think is is going to be a storyline. Does the secondary scoring, support scoring, you know, rise from a, a good, pretty good level to a, a great level or an, or an excellent level? And, you know, if they do that, then, then clearly they're going to be a contender as we move deeper into the season. I, I know Rob and I did get a couple worried Nellies last night. Well, McDavid got all the goals. I was like, hold on. You know, yeah. if, if you put uh, Steve Mason and Connor Hellbuck in net, and they're going to play the Jets on Monday. You know, maybe it's, there's a little more than three on the board, right? I would, yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Would they have forty? Was it forty-five shots? Yeah, trying to allow? yeah, I exactly. Mean, there were a ton of chances. Mike Smith was, besides Connor, the best player on the ice. But Leon was a close, you know, one A. Leon is, he is something else. I mean, he reminds me of Joe Thornton in the way that you can't get the puck off the guy. He's so darn big. He controls the puck. And he's got a confidence level that is every game you see it improve. And I think the playoffs really helped in that last year. Drew, what are you? When's your first game? Are you back on on Monday? Monday, Monday, Monday right on. Monday, October. It's 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 fine. You know, I know Oilers fans don't miss me. I know that, but we have we have 22 days off in the first month. Kevin and I and Gene. Well, Gene's working because because 
the Oilers are now, and this is a great thing. This is a wonderful thing. Besides me getting 22 days off, um, <laughs> the Oilers are now a national presence. People want to see the Oilers on national TV. So on Wednesdays and Saturdays and Sundays, the Oilers will be on national TV and the big boys will take over. And that's what you want. When your team's on national TV in Canada, they're a darn good team and they're generating a lot of interest. Drew, it's always great to have you on the show. I know we'll keep doing this throughout the season. Thanks so much for checking in tonight, man. All right, Reed. We'll talk to you later. Drew Remenda, always a pleasure to have on Inside Sports, analyst for the regional broadcasts on Sportsnet. As he referenced, last night's game was a national game. Saturday will be the second half of the doubleheader on Hockey Night in Canada. They host the Jets Monday. By the way, that'll be a big day on 6.30, Chet. We'll have Eskimos coverage starting at 10.30 in the morning, game at noon at Montreal, and then Oilers coverage starting at 5.30 with the game at 7 against the Winnipeg Jets. It's 6.48 Inside Sports on Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Okay, so for some reason, I don't know what's happening lately on Inside Sports, but we've had themes just pop up. Like, was were you working last week when we just started asking people if they've ever dunked a basketball? Yeah, yeah, it was me. So, so we did that. Yeah. And now, what are we playing? TV theme songs? TV back? theme songs. This is, someone sent this in, right? Well, this was by request. Yeah. Is this Airwolf? Airwolf. I've never <laughs> seen this show, but this song is boss. I like this. We should get now Blue Thunder next time we come back. The other helicopter show. Done. If it's as good as this. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. You can text 630 This texture says, Reed, the best goal last night was the empty netter. Think about it. The game is over, but Lucic followed through, made a hit, dished it to Leon, then to 97. They didn't need the goal to win, but they played like it was in the first period. Well, that's a good point. I mean, Lucic, you know, two-goal lead. You're probably going to win at that point. There was, what, I think, about was there 51 seconds left when he scored? You're in an incredibly good position, but but that's the thing that good teams do. And, and the Oilers were good last year. Hopefully they're going to become great. They play the same way all the time. They have standards, and they follow through, and they finish. And I know we're talking about a team that unfortunately couldn't finish a big game last year in Anaheim, and maybe that's going to help them learn this year, that they can never have enough. You can never quit. You can never stop checking. So that's a that's a astute text. Somebody texted. Somebody just texted in. Airwolf is my ringtone. That's incredible. By the way, side note: I have a Google Pixel phone that has worked great until the last two days. Whenever I actually try to use it as a phone, it freezes up and then eventually restarts, and I don't know how to fix it. River Pickle text again. Well, we got some good handles here. <laughs> River I always pickle. say I always say sign your name to your text because it's more likely I, I'll read it. Yeah. But if you come up with a good handle like that, that's better than putting. Well, maybe that is his real name. I guess I shouldn't assume that's not his real name. <laughs> You've offended River Pickle. Nice job. Uh, River Pickle says it actually bothers me when Drew says Oilers fans don't like me. The guy is such a good broadcaster and he is so objective and very transparent. I hope that the witch hunt for Drew by the uneducated Oilers fans does not cost him his job because it would really be a loss. That is a text from River Pickle. All right. Hey, you do anything in life, not everyone's going to like you. Drew can take it, but uh, appreciate the support. See, uh, River Pickle, the thing is, you're probably seeing a lot of that dislike for Drew on social media, Facebook, Twitter. I mean, you generally see 
you generally don't see a lot of positive comments <laughs> on Twitter, right? So if it looks like on Twitter, oh, 95% of Oilers fans hate Drew Remenda or, or people hate anything, it's probably more like 20% in real life if you actually asked anybody. But, no, I appreciate it. I, I do enjoy Drew having Drew on the show. Uh, I mean, he's got a long history in hockey, he used to coach, has a long uh, relationship with Todd McClellan and that coaching staff and really understands what they're all about and what they're trying to put in place and what they're trying to build. So, uh, all right, 780-496-0063 is the phone number. You can also text 630-630. Little side note here I want to get in. Oscar Clefbaum, nine shots on goal last night. He said today his goal for the season is to get 250 shots, which would have been second in the NHL last season. McClellan reacted to that. I think it's, uh, there's a real good chance that that can happen. I like his approach. Um, you know, from, a, from our time here in Edmonton, it's increased immensely. His approach to the game, his maturity, um, his goal setting. The homework that he does, the stuff that he asks for from the, the coaching staff, hey, I need to look at this, um, that didn't necessarily happen a couple of years ago. So he's taken that step. <coughs> a lot like Connor, he wants to get better. And, you know, the shot totals, why not? He gets on his tape. It's on his tape. It's off his tape. Why not have 250 shots? All right. Well, I, you know, I like Clefbaum's shot and his willingness to fire away. And he's always in that great position to shoot, which should be a fundamental thing. But the Oilers have been a team, as you know, because a lot of you did it, as me as well, that seemed reluctant to one-time the puck and would hesitate. So it's nice that Clefbaum has that shot-first mentality back there. We've got Jared on the open line when we get back. You're going to hear from Nuge. You're going to hear from Eskimos running back C.J. Gable. All ahead on Inside Sports.